0: Listener Production. This is Global Truths with Dr. Keith Souter. Join us each week as we break down one issue in global politics so that you can understand what is going on in the world right now and what's likely to happen in the future. Our host, Dr Keith Souter, is one of Australia's leading commentators on global affairs and geopolitics. My name is Sasha Barbagat. I'm a journalist. And this week, Keith, we are discussing the recent uh, decision by the US Supreme Court to overturn the Roe v. Wade ruling. Now, this has got a lot of attention right around the world. It's put a lot of question marks on other countries' abortion rulings. But should we strip it right back to basics? What is the Roe mm. v. Wade decision?
1: So. Um Roe is um, the name that you give to an anonymous person. So uh, in Australia, we're talking about Mary Smith. So the real Roe was Norma McCorvey, and she lived between 1947 and 2017. So she died at the age of, of 70. She'd had a very, very tragic life. Nothing really went right for her. I feel so sorry for her. Um, So she, in 1969, found herself pregnant yet again. She's lived in Texas, and she was seeking an abortion at a time when feminist lawyers were looking at a test case to be able to take up eventually to the US Supreme Court. So they selected Norman McCorvey, as I say, poorly educated, really hard done by. I think she got her first criminal offence or or first crime committed, you know, even as a child stealing stuff. So she'd been, you know, always under a bit of a cloud. So they came across her and they then decided to make her the focus of the case. So Henry Wade, so it's Roe versus Wade. So Henry Wade was the district attorney for Dallas in Texas and he was the other side of of the court case. So it, it trundled up through the legal system. So it begins in 1969, but isn't actually decided until 1973 because it's got to go through several layers in the court system. And the judges at that time took a very innovative approach to interpreting the U.S. Constitution. In the U.S. Constitution, there's the 14th Amendment, which guarantees a person's privacy. And so the judges at the time took the view that a woman making a decision about abortion has a right to privacy. So it's a very tenuous legal argument based on privacy, saying you have a right to an abortion. Even at the time, uh, people were questioning the legal reasoning, but everybody was very happy with it because it, it suddenly said there is now a constitutional right for a woman in the United States to have an abortion. For me, it's fascinating looking at it back in 1973 uh, it was not as controversial then as it became later. It was seen, particularly, say, in Christian circles, as a Catholic concern. It was the Catholics who kept talking about right to life. But then in the uh, 70, late 70s and then into the 80s, you get conservative Christians who previously had kept out of politics because we know that politicians are sinful people, you keep away from them, and the whole system's damned. Beside God, uh, Jesus is going to return any day now, so you're wasting your time. You get this sea change in attitude and you get the rise of groups like the Moral Majority who then decide to get onto the abortion bandwagon. So suddenly you've now got not only Catholics but also Protestants who in the normal scheme of things wouldn't talk to Catholics, suddenly all now making much more of an issue of abortion and calling for the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Uh, To do that, of course, you need to... Have a, a good legal case. So, the Roe versus Wade was struck down a few days ago. Um, and the new case is um, uh, Thomas E. Dobbs versus the Jackson Women's Health Organization. So, it's now Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. And it'll be called the Dobbs case. I might just say, Dr. Thomas Dobbs, who's a senior. A health officer for the state of Mississippi is very angry with having his name included. Um, he's not been involved in the abortion debate at all. His hands are full dealing with COVID. But from a legal point of view, they needed to have a name there. So you needed to have a party to be opposed by the Jackson Women's Health Organization. So this guy was in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> so he's going to go down in history as the Dobbs case. And he says, I don't want to be associated with this. I want to give out of Out of that controversy, so what's happened now is that we've obviously got a different set of judges. And for this, of course, Trump in particular is claiming credit. So he appointed three of the nine, and so they have now tilted the balance in favour of being a very conservative court. And the court has decided uh, that, in fact, the original decision back in 1973 was really incorrect. Um, You can't say that there is a right to abortion derived from the 14th Amendment. So what they've done is to return the case to the state level. So they said there's no national ruling on this matter now. It's not covered by the national constitution. So every state can make its own decisions, which is where we were before 1973. And uh, we assume that about 26 states will ban abortions, about half of the states in the United States, ones that are principally in political colour terms red, in other words, they're conservative states, they're the ones who will now ban abortions. Some of them already had laws on the books ready to go. They just needed the signal from the Supreme Court.
0: Yeah, they were the so-called trigger laws, weren't trigger they? Trigger laws, that's right. So when they heard the rumours that this decision was about to be overturned, why did they rush into doing that before the decision had even come through?
1: Well, they obviously couldn't implement those laws until the decision came through, but they were just getting their ducks in a row. Mm. Um, they, they, this leaked opinion is the first time, I think, in the history of the US Supreme Court that um, a draft opinion had been leaked. Clearly there was someone within the US Supreme Court who decided to leak it to cause maximum embarrassment for the Supreme Court. So people were already put on alert. The demonstrations began well before the actual decision because they were responding to this leaked report. The demonstrations that took place didn't um, change what people on the Supreme Court were going to decide. They weren't intimidated by all of the disruptions outside their homes, etc., cetera, um, and they went ahead and, and stuck with the decision to get rid of Roe versus Wade.
0: With, I think, in Australia um, and and countries that aren't in the US, they don't really understand how the Supreme Court works in this. This isn't, like, it's a government, you know, the judges are appointed by the President, correct? So
1: Nominated by the President but appointed by Congress.
0: So, you know, how could a court kind of come in and change? For me as an Australian, like, I've read about it and I go, okay, I understand it, but it seems beyond the pale almost that they could, almost overturn a government decision.
1: Well, that takes us all the way back to 1787. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we go. The framing of the American Constitution. So the American Constitution was based actually on an incorrect interpretation of how the British system operated. Right. There'd been a textbook written at that time by a French author who got it confused. The French author thought that the British system consisted of three parts that would sort of share power with each other. It's not in, that's not actually how the case operates in the UK, but that's how they've got lumbered with it in the United States. So you now have three branches of, of government. So you have the executive, which is the president and the, the staff and the bureaucracy, State Department, Department of Defence, et cetera. Then you um, have the Congress, which makes the laws, authorise money, et cetera. And then as a co-equal partner, they have um, the legal system. And, and you're right, it is confusing for an Australian to try to make sense of this because in Australia, as is the great in Great Britain, the legal system is still very politically influenced. Now, judges would say that's totally wrong. I shouldn't say that because judges like this certain mystique, right? The judges are not going to be people you're going to meet in a hotel bar, for example. They operate to isolate themselves from society, which can help explain what, what some of the strange statements that they make because it shows how detached they are. I'm, I mix with a lot of ex-judges, you know. They're, <laughs> n- they're nice people, um, but it's quite clear that they've lived a rather cloistered environment once they become a judge. One of them, for example, that I've worked with over the years, had to resign from a certain organisation because he said, I'm now going to be on the Australian Supreme Court and I don't want to be seen involved with any campaigning or lobbying which could then be used against me if a case comes before the Australian High Court and if it comes before the Australian High Court, I will be disqualified. Yeah. So the judges do lead uh, this sort of solitary existence, very careful about the opinions that they express, etc. So they, they whip up this mistake. But I think what this decision brings out is that the judges are as biased as, as the rest of us, you know, that you Trump selected judges on the basis of their political opinion. And and during the hearings, that came out as well, that someone like Kavanaugh was clearly a conser- conservative and Amy Comey Barrett. Now, of course, it just jogs my memory that the problem long-term is that in Australia, judges at the age of 70 or 75, depending on where you are, have what is called judicial senility. So in other words, you have to retire.
0: You're forced
1: out. <laughs> You're forced You're out because you reach retirement age. Um Whereas in the United States you are appointed for life, and right? S- and so Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who's this Doyen of the the left wing judges, she actually has contributed to this problem because she didn't retire uh, when Obama was in office, and Obama could have appointed another liberal judge. Instead, she decided to hang on, and died during the Trump presidency, which gave Trump this opportunity. This this appointment to the US Supreme Court is going to be one of the longest lasting legacies of Trump because someone like Kavanaugh or, or uh, Amy Comey Barrett they could be around for 40 odd years perhaps even 50 years depending on medical advances so you know we long after Trump has disappeared from memory and probably dead
0: yes probably <laughs> 40 years his
1: nominees to the Supreme Court mm. will continue yeah. to haunt the
0: system You're listening to Global Truths with Dr. Keith Souter. It's a podcast where we analyse a current event in world politics to better understand it. And this week we are discussing the huge decision of the US Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade. Uh, Keith, what's been the reaction in the United States to this decision from the people?
1: The people are very divided. You know, it's really a hot topic. You know, we, we spend a lot of time talking about Ukraine and all the rest of it. But I tell you, when you talk to or watch ordinary American media, it's quite obvious that it's the domestic issues that uh, generate the attention rather than Ukraine. And, and so this has really been top of mind for both sides of politics. Now, the liberal media that we have in Australia uh, only tend to report on the anti-abortion point of view and the demonstrators, et cetera. But you've got a huge number of people who are supportive of the Supreme Court uh, in their decision. And so they are the people who are very happy with this decision and it'll go back to state level.
0: You said earlier about the 26 states that are likely to ban. Some already have. Um, What sort of – do you know more about what sort of rules that could involve? Because for some it's, you know, depending on the gestational period or it depends on whether, you know, the mother was a victim of rape or incest. Mm. Will, they, will all the states likely have their own kind of different rulings? Yep. Yeah. So
1: they will have um, different uh, rules. You're right. It's, it's anti-abortion but with a variety mm. of variations as to what would be permitted. And one of the more worrying things um, has been the way in which you may get bounty hunters who will get paid by the state if they can identify women who have abortion. So even if you get on a plane and head out to California, for example, where abortions will continue to be permitted, the risk is that a bounty hunter will say that you've made you've had this abortion, they will get a reward and you'll be punished.
0: Is that likely to happen? Like, Because I've read stuff like that as well. In fact, there's a TikTok trend going around <laughs> at the moment where it's people who are in these states that are likely to yeah. um, still allow abortions making up lies about inviting people over to stay at their farm or to babysit their dog as a cover for needing an abortion. But is it likely that people will be chased down and prosecuted in their home states?
1: Probably. Because in conservative states there may well be votes to be gained. So that's one development. Mm. A second development is that you now need to be very careful with the technology that you're using to, uh, for example, if you go onto Google and look for information about abortion, because the big tech companies have betrayed Americans in terms of their search histories. You know, this, this has a long history. When Facebook first got going, CIA were amazed at how much personal information people would hand over yeah. to Facebook and the other social media outlets. And so um, CIA said, you've got to give us a backdoor to your systems so we can get in and access that material. The risk now is for people who are going to be doing Google searches that those searches will then be reported perhaps or you'll end up with the state government saying we want to have search histories. So that that's a, a, another development. The third development, uh, which we're already seeing, is a huge market now for um, the morning after pills, the abortion pills. Um, so um, a lot of women will be administering. Those abortion pills has been a dramatic sale in the last few days of that. So this is something which is going to flow through in a number of ways. And, of course, there's also, as you say, the global impact because you've got a number of other governments that sort of took the American the American constitutional interpretation, right to privacy, covers a whole number of things. Um, and don't forget, we will see, I think, in the United States now a challenge to gay marriage. Because that also comes under the 14th Amendment, right yeah. to
0: privacy. And that's the concern, I think, for a lot of LGBTQ Americans is that they're like, well, what's next? Yep. Um, are there any other sort of laws that could be challenged from this precedent, I guess?
1: Well, th- I, I think there'll be a lot of things relating to that community. And as uh, also, one has to say, the political culture in the United States is so toxic that one side's looking out for the other, you have all these political wars that are going on at the moment, and it's a very unhealthy environment. Remember, this is why Putin thought he could get away with invading Ukraine, because the Americans are so busy arguing with each no other. No will notice. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, of course, you get the Americans coming together perhaps to oppose Russia, So, which is obviously a big shock for Putin. Um, so I think this will certainly be a decision that has global consequences.
0: There's elections coming up in the US in November, is that right? Could that have any implication, the results from that, could they have any implication on the laws in these states that look set to outlaw abortion already have? Absolutely,
1: and I think that what you'll see is a big push by the Democrat Party. So the election in November will be very important indeed because this will be an opportunity for the Democrats, if they do well and it's possible to do well in uh, uh, in these elections, although they generally the history is against the president, but who knows? people feel so energized by this decision that people will turn out in good numbers. You'll end up with the Democrats perhaps uh, expanding their control of the Senate and the lower house. And at that point, Biden will then be able to appoint more judges. Uh, he can't dismiss the existing ones, but he will be able to appoint more judges. And that way they'll be able to overturn the decision in the Dobbs versus Jackson Health organisation decision. So it's not entirely bleak. I think there are still options out there, but it certainly has been a, a dramatic week or so in terms of the decisions of the American legal system. Suddenly we're having to get our head around the complexity of the American legal system.
0: Well, you've explained it very well for us, Keith. I do appreciate your time this week. Thank you so much. Thank you. Listener.